0: Italian Wine Podcast. Cin with Italian Wine People.
1: Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty and My guest today is Roger Bissell. Roger,
0: where are you from? Well, I'm originally from Italy. I was born here and I uh, moved to the United States when I was a little boy. Uh, and I am in the wine industry in some form or fashion. Where did you move to in the States, by the way? Uh, about 45 minutes south of Boston in the town of Rhode Island. Grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Boston is in which state?
1: Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah. So, you were sort of rural upbringing? Very rural on a 200
0: acre farm. So. What well, was it? Wheat or animals? Or? Uh, everything. Go on, everyone. Giraffes, porcupines. <pulcher> uh, <laughs> Peacocks, ferrets, you name it. Really? Yes. Uh, We tapped the trees for maple syrup, only had wood stove heat. Very uh, uh, rustic, eclectic, old school uh, upbringing. So, yeah. So you had sort of a farming experience. I mean, did you actually like that um, lifestyle? Um, I, I actually it, liked it yeah. uh, quite a bit. It uh, was rewarding. Maybe at the time I didn't appreciate it, but in retrospect, very much so now. What didn't you appreciate? The hard work? The, the hard box? work getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> to do, go and give us a typical drink. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, only well water, no hoses. So really? you'd have to, yep, yeah, you'd have to go hand pump water, uh, distribute water amongst a trough, depending on what time of the year, because it freezes, to sheep, cows, horses, goats. Uh, And then you'd have to chop a little bit of wood every morning or bring in wood from the woodshed. Uh, Depending on the time of the year, uh, collect all the maple syrup. uh, How would you do that, by the way? The syrup? Yeah. Uh, So it was just for us. We didn't do it for anyone else, much like an Italian family when they're making wine for themselves. Uh, We would drill into the uh, large maple trees about 100 years old. Put about three spigots and a bucket on it, and you'd collect the tap, uh, the sap, rather, every morning. Uh, Especially when you're coming out of wintertime in the spring, that's when it's coming out. So, and then you'd put it on the wood stove. Twenty gallons of sap equal one quart of maple syrup. Wow! So you have to reduce it down. Yep, it just sits on the wood stove boiling all day, all night for probably about two weeks before you get that. Then you strain it and. You have liquid gold, and you use that. What did you put that on? Pancakes, I guess. Yeah, pancakes, uh, desserts. My, uh, you know, I never ate a piece of meat from the store, uh, or anything really from the store my entire childhood it so was very like, self-sufficient yes i mean you're a strapping
1: lad how tall are you right <laughs> six two yeah six you look you build like an american one football. nine yeah an american football player right <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ask any difficult questions <laughs> with you you got hands that could sort of ring my neck with uh, like, like a turkey's neck or something <laughs> so gentle giant yeah. gentle giant you are a gentle giant yeah. so how did you end up and when, when did your wine uh, interest develop
0: You know, I guess it really developed as a child because um, growing up in the U.S., I was fortunate enough that the family uh, that had adopted me, uh, they produced wine uh, just for ourselves. So, I had an appreciation. We probably had about 50 milliliters with our dinner every night by the time we were 9 years old, 10 years old. And then... Again, in high school and college, working on Federal Hill, the Italian North End in Boston. You know, um, were they restaurants or restaurants? Yep, high end uh, Italian American restaurants. Italian American. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. proper food then. Italian American food,
1: proper food. Absolutely. Okay. So, and then how did you how did you jump from the states back to Italy?
0: Well, um, about eleven years ago. 11, 12 years ago. And you were how old? Uh, 30, roughly. You're 40 um, then, are you? Yeah. I don't you, yeah look like, you look like you're yeah. 25. Yeah, well, you it's know. It's not like like maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> it's olive oil too, maybe. Uh, you know, I went to college and then uh, off to Chicago, worked in finance for a little while. But my heart always kept roaming back to wine and hospitality. Uh, I, I had the opportunity through the finances, obviously. Uh, life was good financially, to travel all around the world as a hobby um, and really bite the bug again and really want to take a step back and go back into food and wine. So, Okay, next step. Yep, uh, restaurant, bought a restaurant. uh, You bought a restaurant. Yep, bought a restaurant. And that was where? Uh, In downtown Chicago, River North. It was called Swirl. Sold it uh, right after the two years after the uh, recession. 2010, moved to Florida uh, with a little stint in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I I was consulting on some different restaurant and projects down there, uh, all during this time getting some certifications um, and moved to Florida and only consulted and did high-end private club resort. Between Florida, I ran the circuit between Florida and Nantucket, Naples, Florida and Nantucket, Massachusetts. So, so
1: how big a focus when you obviously you're doing consultancy on financials and stuff like that? I mean, how much input did you have on, you know, wine lists and the Italian wine in particular, if any?
0: Yeah, it was my um, part of my pre-negotiation at every uh, position I accepted that I had 100 percent control over wine. I enjoyed going on the floor from time to time. Uh, at least one, two days a week and working the floor because that's something that kind of gets under your skin. Uh, you like to be able to really make experiences for people and for to open up their eyes and to have something new. Try something new.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was your tactic? Try something new. Go on.
0: Well, uh, you know, first you have to read the, the situation, the table. So you read the situation, read the table. Uh, so you, you wouldn't want to geek out on them. You find out their comfort level. You ask what they're usually accustomed to drinking with. Drinking And they'll normally say Merlot, Cabernet, an international variety. And then from there, I find the easiest segue into Italian wine. For me, one of my go-tos was always going to be a Dolcetto or Barbera or Le Grain. Uh, they're really a great segue. People think they're big and it's really just the acidity. So for, within the American community, a lot of times. so And they have it and they love it. And they realize how great it is with food and how well-balanced it is. It's a perfect marriage instead of maybe an overripe California. Like Uh, a big Merlot or something. Right. Right. Uh, Very much so. So you were successful
1: um, in this particular business. Consultant. What was the next step? Um,
0: Next step, uh, I went to Dallas. I was hired to come to Dallas uh, because I'd been doing so many high-end private clubs and resorts. I accepted that. That was a new venture for me in Dallas. And when I got to Dallas, I I realized uh, that, wow, Italian was just starting to explode there. There's only 18 Italian restaurants in the entire DFW, roughly Metroplex. Um, DFW? Dallas-Fort Worth, sorry. Uh, and I saw an opportunity to really make a mark because Dallas was quite behind in comparison to some other major metropolitan cities like New York or Chicago. Uh So I did that and then um, started launching uh, my own thing after that, Uh, my own website. I do tours. I take people from America to Italy to experience an authentic Italian experience, Uh, put out content, collaborate with different wineries. So, yeah, it's really, really I'm blessed in life. So
1: where are your favorite regions when you're going on a, or taking people on a tour?
0: Sure. Uh, Piemonte, uh, Tuscany, obviously, and Sicilia. For me, um, those that that's the easiest segue, maybe bread and butter to help get people from America to Italy. Uh, Tuscany is the easiest, but Piemonte is really where my heart is. Um, and I think that You know, when you analyze the amount of American tourists in Tuscany, about 70, 80 percent of the tourists are here in Tuscany uh, are American versus in Piemonte. It's about 15 to 20 percent are American. It's very, very minuscule. And it's unfortunate uh, because it's such a wonderful region, uh, rich in land culture and magnificent in its uh, landscape, which um, really gets under your skin. and and, and All that fog. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. That's right. All the fog,
1: Yeah, atmospheric. Well, why is that? You think that um, Tuscany is is the well? There are obvious reasons why Tuscany is the go to. Has mm-hmm. films, you know, with Tuscany in there, right? And Piemonte may be seen as more of a sort of connoisseurs or an
0: insiders uh, mm-hmm. visit. Would you go along with that? Um, you know, it, I think maybe to Europeans it's more of an insider connoisseur. To most Americans, though, uh, they they have zero idea. Uh, or a very minuscule idea that Piemonte exists. Um, so it, it's not really quite. I, I don't think they see it as uh, highfalutin or um, uh, insider. Maybe is but- that
1: part of like the movies? I mean, if you, you know, movie yeah. going, US is a movie going country, right? And yeah. so if you're going to see a sort of movie with an Italian link, it's going to be revolving around Sicily, probably for various reasons. So that is why mm-hmm. that Sicily's on about. Obviously, Tuscany mainstream movies, love right. stories they met in, you know, right. Tuscany comes up I and mean, I can't think of a single movie where this had a really sort of, as a Piemonte
0: theme. So maybe that no. is one of the
1: reasons why.
0: Right. One. And then also, I think one needs to examine the strong, uh, uh, history, historical ties between Sicily, Southern Italy and America. I really think that, uh, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s, the majority of the pe- immigrants that emigrated to Italy. Uh, As you know, there was Southern Italian and Sicilian. Uh, And for this is actually one of my favorite actual historical notations because I think uh, when you analyze Italian food in America, it was very much influenced by this Southern Italian Sicilian roots. So with that, people are trying to reconnect three, four, five generations later, six in some cases, reconnect with their Southern Italian roots. So Sicily bears some sort of um, historical nostalgia for a lot of Americans. Yeah, gravitational pull. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So how long do you do you plan to
1: spend in Italy on this particular trip? I know you're um, doing some work with a winery in Montalcino at the moment, mm-hmm. which is why... Um, we, we managed to make, as my partner does, the books for that particular winery, which is organic. It's called di Lamo, um, Genna Neri in uh, in Montalcino, and um, we just had a little tasting this morning. I thought, yeah, let's just do a podcast. So, what's your next step? How long are you going to be in Italy
0: for? Um, I'll be in Italy until November. So, uh, and I'm going to. I plan on uh, making the most of it. And what have you learned
1: so far? What thing is what what um, preconception
0: has been demolished since
1: you spent time here? And what is or um, well, what has surprised you the most?
0: Um, nothing really recently, uh, as of yet, except as it relates to the times we're living in. That's the only thing. In terms of preconceived notions about culture, people, sociological, not there. There hasn't been. I've been to Tuscany before, but I'm absolutely certain I'm going to learn a, a ton of new things when I venture into Campania and in Marche. Uh, so is that your ne-
1: those are your next stops, are they?
0: Uh, yes. After I leave Tuscan, I'm going to go to Umbria for a little bit. Then I, I want to head down to Campania and then over to Marque. So uh, I'm really excited uh, to go there. I've been there maybe once. I've never been to Campania done so many studies on it and i happen to love their uh wines and culture it's very huge, rich huge amount
1: of uh, native grape varieties there so yeah there's plenty of you to get your, your teeth into right and um, marqué what are your preconceptions
0: about the early marqué it's interesting because uh you know i always try to cross-reference in america since my target demographic for my clients are americans trying to um educate and expose them to something new uh marqué when it first entered the united states uh, entered with uh, some cheaper, uh, very affordable wine. Um, that So my preconceived notions is, is that I want to try a lot of the wine in local cuisine, which never makes it to the States. I really want to get involved and sink my teeth into uh, local food. You need and, to do a Vinci's Grassy course then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think that there's going to be a lot of, uh, as you know, um, Italy is so regionally focused. It, it's such it's such a pleasure every time to discover something new and really sink your teeth into their food, wine, history, because Italy has it in abundance. So,
1: and you're a great speaker. Um, why don't you write a book about your your journey? Were you doing that
0: already? Uh, I've been asked many, many times. I didn't know. Many, wasn't yeah, signs. no, no, time. no. no. Uh, many times I've been asked to because I've had an interesting life being a. Adopted, born in Italy, coming here, living in different countries. Uh, I, I guess what it really boils down to is laziness on my part, not having the uh, uh, maybe the time. There's always been other things that have been a priority, uh, raising a family or um, uh, work, actual work. Uh, and that writing seems to take a, a backseat uh, many, many times. So it, it will, will happen in the next five years, probably. Okay, we're going yeah. to hold you to
1: that in five oh, okay. years' uh, time. If, um, if I haven't been fired, <laughs> <laughs> then we can uh, redo this conversation and see how far you got with the book. It's uh, great to to, uh, to meet you, Roger, especially... I don't know what your health condition is, and I don't need to know, yeah. um, but apparently it's quite serious, so we do wish you um, all the best, and I think what you're doing is right. You're, um, you're, you're a man with great intelligence and curiosity, and... Uh,
0: well, thank you. We wish Mont. you all the best. I really appreciate that. Nice one. Thank you great. so much.
1: It's really, I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. I'm a little bit moved. Right.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I do get emotional, you know. So. Um, and just to let everybody know, Silvana, so, my partner, does does the accounts at Jananelli's um, uh, Montecino mm-hmm. estate. And Jana asked um, Silvana if Silvana could ask me to, do, to come and see you this morning and have a little tasting with Jana. Um, which we did which is very nice and then um, we just saw, hey listen got the recording equipment just down the road let's do a podcast so that's how this came about so i um, hope uh, everybody's enjoyed uh, listening to it and it just shows that um there's no excuse for sitting on your ass yeah there you go just thank you life, so much. life life is short and uh, and make the most of it anyway those, it's
0: a real pleasure thank you thank, thank you man i appreciate the time listen to the italian wine podcast wherever you get your podcasts